This is Case Closed, old-time radio crime from the golden age of radio from RelicRadio.com. You can find a new show every Wednesday there. This week we begin with Crime Does Not Pay. We'll hear their story from December 12th, 1949, with Bella Lugosi, no less, titled Gasoline Cocktail. After that, it's Under Arrest and Max Kemp, their story from September 5th, 1948. Crime does not pay. Sylvie, I'm going out. This time of night? What for? The fire is near here. You and your fire. What are you, a little boy? Stop chasing fire engines. Grow up. That was my mistake, growing up. Of all the silly things to say. Silly? That what else is there to do for excitement? I could mention a few things, like taking your wife out, for instance. I mean real excitement. Action! Like the ladders going up, the horses dragged up the fire escapes, people jumping into nets, all the bells, the sirens. Oh, what's the use? They're coming back already. A small fire. Someday, someday there's going to be a real fire in this neighborhood. A real fire. Nick, stop it. When you talk like that, you frighten me. In the interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear Gasoline Cocktails, starring Bela Lugosi. Crime Does Not Pay, starring Bela Lugosi as Nick Sagadin in Gasoline Cocktail. Sometimes the trouble begins out of sheer frustration. The need for excitement, the need to blow off steam, can cause a man's mind to work in devious ways. There's the thrill holdup the beating administered more to the world at large than to the immediate victim, the theft for the sake of the dare it represents. With Nick Segadon, it was the lighted match, the licking flame, and, of course, the roar and scream of the fire engines racing through the city streets. Two lines, two lines in the front door. Line up 74 and 56 engines. There's pipes standing by. Third floor, strong, chief. All right. Pull out the men from 25 foot. Denny, Denny, turn in this second. This one's too hot for us to handle without help. Yes, sir. Chief, the 6th Battalion ordered me to report to you, sir. We're 22 truck. 22 truck. When did you get here? First you on the second. All right, I'm releasing you. Go back to quarters. Yes, sir. Driver... Notify dispatcher. All second alarm equipment released and sent back to quarters. Well, Chief, you uh, almost had yourself a nasty one, didn't no, you? No, Warren. Well, how's the fire marshal's business? 
Still doing things with magnifying glasses? <laughs> Microscopes these days. I see you had three boys hurt. Uh, nothing too bad. Punctured hand, cut cheek. We were lucky this time. The stairwell was like a chimney. Fire mushroomed up onto the third floor. Took six women down the ladders. Hey, you find anything yet? Uh, looks like the usual. Baby carriage full of trash under the stairs. Cigarette, match, boom. I'll see you around, Chief. Right, Warren. Chances are you will. I, uh, I beg your pardon, sir. Hmm? You are the fire marshal? Yes. yes. How'd you know? I've seen the car in which you came to the fire. Since I was a boy in Hungary, I've I followed the fires. I guess boys are boys all over the world. Yes, all over. But I wish to know, have you found out how this started? You found out where it started? Why do you want to know? Oh, it's just uh, that I'm interested in these things. And this is a bad one. Uh, bad isn't the word for it. We're just lucky no life was lost. Yes, very lucky indeed. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. If people only were more careful where they throw matches. Sylvie, I'm going out. This time of night? What for? The fire is near here. You and your fire. What are you, a little boy? Stop chasing fire engines. Grow up. That was my mistake, growing up. Of all the silly things to say. Silly, is it? What else is there to do for excitement? I could mention a few things, like taking your wife out, for instance. In the old days in Budapest, you ran after the engines with me. Now I wish I hadn't. There was excitement then. Now what? A job to go to. With men I would not care to look at. Then back to this, this house... Day after day, night after night. No, Nick, not night after night. And even though you don't care to look at the men, you look at a girl, all right. Sylvia, this is... I know her name, Edna Hall, and her address, 5546 Erie Street. Yes, I know. But if you think, Nicholas Stegerden, that I let go of you, you are wrong. Wrong. But don't you see this is all in your mind? In my mind? I have walked past her house. Of course there is a house in your mind. This, uh, all this is like myself and the engines. You wish for excitement, and there is none. So, my poor Sylvie, you make it up out of your head that I, your Nicholas, go for rides in a car with another woman. Right, my dear Edna. Tonight, you are more lovely than I ever seen you. Oh, Nick, you're teasing me again. Listen! What's the matter, darling? You hear them? The fire engines? Oh, that, yes. I will go to the fire, too. Nick, you're like a little boy. You do not mind this? No, I don't. But a cop would mind the way you're passing red lights. Oh, for a moment, I think I'm really driving the big truck. But you're not. Oh, Nick, there they are. See all the red lights up there? I see them. Edna, you're excited too. Oh, who wouldn't be? Ah, it's nothing. They haven't even taken the hose off the hose truck. There's nothing to watch. Why, Nick? Shouldn't you be glad it wasn't much? Perhaps it was discovered too soon. 
Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I, I'm glad. Now, let's stop here, near the park. It's a good place to stop, huh? Edna? Oh, yes, darling. Oh, Nick, I wish I could bring you home with me. But you know how Dad is. He thinks you're too middle-aged for me. Mm, perhaps I am. Oh, you. Nick. Nick, you're wonderful. And you. You are more than wonderful. I cannot be without you. Is this a proposal, Nick? Are you asking me to marry you? I... I cannot ask that, my beloved. She, she's not well. There cannot be a divorce. I'm sorry, Nick. I guess you'd better take me home. So, you, you too are like all the others. Nick! The rides, the kisses. But always we must be married. Is love nothing in this country without marriage? Nothing? Nick, people will hear you. Oh, so let it be. I'll take you home. Again, I'm rejected. But there will be a day. A day for Nicholas Segedin will come. Soon. What are you doing in that closet? Looking for something. Why didn't you ask me first? All right. I ask you second. The glass jug in which came the wine from your father. Where is it? Right up there on the shelf. I straightened the closet yesterday. Thank you. You need this rag, Sylvia? No. What do you want with it? Oh, always questions. Only. You've been like your old self these past few days. You've been home at night. I told you once I'm not changed. What do you want with the jug? I am uh, cleaning the seats in the car. So I will draw gasoline from the tank into the jug, and with that rug, I, I will wipe. Uh, very simple, isn't it? Oh, be careful, won't you, dear? Careful. Yes. Gasoline burns and explodes. Be careful. <laughs> yes, I will be careful, very careful. But like everything in this world, if the gasoline explodes in the proper place, it is all right. Explodes? Where, Nick? Where? Where else but in the motor of the car. Where else? <laughs> Almost ready to turn out the light, Jane? Yeah, I am ready, Edna. All right, hop her to bed. Oh, your bed is softer than mine. That's uh, one reason why I like to spend the night at your house. What's the other reason? Oh, I like to talk in the dark like this. What about Jen? <laughs> oh, just anything. It's easy to talk in the dark. That's why I come over. You know, Edna, you're only a few years older than I am, but you know so much more. I'm flattered. I wish it were true. Jen! What's that? Through the window! Somebody threw something! It's, it's burning! Edna! 
assignment, Danny. Truck 25 reporting, Chief. We found a couple of roasts on the first floor. Whereabouts, Danny? Room where the fire started. There seems to have been a bedroom, sir. The metal frame of the bed is still recognizable. Mm-hmm. Anything on the man in the other bedroom? Yeah, doctor said it's smoke poisoning and shock. He'll be all right. Okay. There's a public ambulance coming down from City Hospital. Now have it take the bodies to the morgue. But don't bring them out on the street until the ambulance is here. Yes, sir. And notify the dispatcher I'm releasing 22 truck and 74 engine. Well, if it weren't for those two deaths, this might not have been as bad as it looks. In just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with Gasoline Cocktail. Now, we continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Bela Lugosi as Nick Sagadon in Gasoline Cocktail. Whenever death has been caused by fire, even under the least suspicious circumstances, the fire marshal is joined in his investigation by the district attorney's office and the police. Therefore, the day following the death of Edna Hall and her guest Janice, three men checked over the wreckage of what had been the girls' bedroom. Fire Marshal Warren, Assistant District Attorney Morrison, and Detective Stein. The girls must have been sleeping soundly for it to get so much headway. A neighbor who pulled the box said he heard what sounded like an explosion. Seen anything of a gas heater or an oil stove? The building steam heated. Oh, the uh, men on the first truck to respond said it looked like a, an oil fire to them. Hello. Uh-huh. Find something, Marshal? What's this look like to you, Marson? Piece of glass. Too heavy for a light bulb, but... What do you think, Stein? Oh, perfume bottle, maybe. One of those things girls like to have on dressing tables. It's a mighty big bottle. Look at the curvature of the glass. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, wouldn't the heat of the fire have melted it? Not without blackening it, Sam. Anyhow, I found this in a corner behind the fire. Behind it? In this oven? Yeah. Notice that corner near where the window was? Barely a smoke mark. Something forced the fire away from there and tossed this glass fragment in there. Explosion is right, then. Hey, wait a minute. How about this? <sighs> Looks like the neck and the handle of a, a, a gallon jug. I saw it a minute ago and passed it up. It's the same glass as the Marshall's fragment. Microscopes will prove that for us. Now hold it up to light a minute. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There. See those bits of, well, lint, I guess, on the inside of the bottleneck? Yeah. They look like it. One will get you ten there. That's how it started, all right. A jug of gasoline with a lighted rag in its neck tossed through the window. Boom. Molotov cocktail. What's that, sir? I said Molotov cocktail. We use beer bottles against Nazi tanks in the bulge. Same principle. And pretty much the same effect. We'll try not to be too long, Mr. Hall. In fact, I'm sure the doctors won't permit us to stay more than a few minutes. That's all right, Mr. Morrison. Anything I can do to help. Um, we're convinced, Mr. Hall, from various bits of physical and chemical evidence that the fire in your daughter's room began with a gasoline explosion. Yes, we think it came from outside, Mr. Hall. 
A gasoline grenade through the window. From outside? Oh. Then you think it was murder, too? Do you, Mr. Hall? It's a grim charge on just my personal dislike of a man. As someone who had cause to, well, want your daughter out of the way? Yes. She thought she was in love with him. I refused to let him in the house. She was meeting him outside. I knew it. Then she found out he was married. She broke it off with him. He was... Well, I, I didn't like him, that's all. Do you know his name, Mr. Hall? Yes, it's Nick Zegadev. He worked where Edna did. You can get his address there. Mrs. Sagadin? I am she. I'm from the district attorney's office. My name is Morrison. This is Fire Marshal Warren, Detective Stein. May we come in, please? You can see our credentials, if you wish. Oh, no, no. Come in. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you. Please, sit down. We'd like to see your husband. We understand he hasn't been to work for three days. I'd like to see him, too. When did you see him last, Mrs. Sagadin? Three Yes, three nights ago. He went out. He did not come back. Did he, uh, did he do anything funny that night, ma'am? No, nothing. Just, he went out to clean the seat of the car. Uh, with what, Mrs. Segerton? Oh, with gasoline. Where'd he get it? Uh, the gasoline, I mean. Oh, from the car. In a glass jug in which That's we had good. wine. Well, that makes some sense. What, what do you think he has done? We think he killed someone. A girl named Edna Hall. And we think he used the gasoline. You better tell us where he's gone, ma'am. I don't know. I don't know. I I knew she was dead. I saw it in the paper. I don't know where he went. One question, ma'am. Does your husband have any family anywhere in this country? Yes. An uncle, Joseph, in Miami. But he wouldn't go there. Thank you, Mrs. Sagadin. He might not go there, and then again, he just might. All right, Stein. It looks as if you're going south this year, if only for a day or two. Well, nice place you've got here, Mr. Sagadin. Bet you do a swell business during the season, eh? <laughs> good. Not so good. We get along. You see what you like? You betcha. Five pounds assorted. Five pounds? We must make up. It's not ready. Not many five-pound customers this time of year in Miami, yeah, huh? Not many. You do not mind waiting? Oh, no, no, no. Go to it. What I hear at the hotel, sweets by Segadin are worth waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> you try a truffle while you wait, yes? Hey, thanks. Yeah, that's good. Very good. A service like this we don't get in New York. Huh. You live in New York? Yeah. My hometown. I have nephew in New York. That's so? What's his name? Maybe I know him. <laughs> if you do, you know my name. He is Nicholas Segadin, and that is a name nobody forgets. Besides, he moved just last week. That's so? Where to? Uh, not far. He write me postal cards, say he is tired of New York City. He moved to East Orange, New Jersey, street with very funny name. Uh, <laughs> Porter Street, 118 Porter Street. Like maybe the street carry his suitcase for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very funny name. Funny joke. <laughs> Got a phone booth here? Yes, sir. Right behind. Thanks. You. While you're finishing up that box, I think I'll make a call. 
I just remembered. I've got to warn someone about a fellow I know. A fellow who likes to play with matches. You like... You like the fire in the fireplace, Nicholas? Very much. Why? You stare at it, so. All day as you watch the fire. I'm lucky, Lena. When I rented the room from your mother... <laughs> I didn't expect that her daughter and the parlor, fireplace and all were included. Nicholas, you make fun of me. I should say not. But of course not. <laughs> then the log falls, so it always makes me jump. Time for another log, oh, isn't it? No, it is too warm in here, Nicholas. You do not need another log. The fire will be too high. Fires are never too high, Lena. Watch the flames. See? It's like a dance. So light, so graceful. But such power, such strength to the flame, Lena. Even from a little match. A whole house sometimes. From a single little match. Nicholas, you must not talk like this. But then? Must I talk about your eyes, your hair, your pink cheeks? You do make fun of me, Nicholas. I don't know about flames, but I know when someone makes fun of me. You are a silly one. Come back here. No, I will go upstairs. I don't like you, Nicholas. I thought I did, but I don't. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Lena, my dear. I don't know. I don't know. Inside, maybe something is wrong. No, Nicholas. I do not want to sit and talk with you anymore. They all run away like rabbits. And they don't know why. Tomorrow I find another room. I cannot live with rabbits, but this, this rabbit will feel my anger. This she will know before very long. Miss Korsky? Yes? Your mother in, Miss Korsky? Uh, no, officer. She's downtown. Well, may we come in? This is Mr. Morrison, New York District Attorney and you know? Fire Marshal Warren. A fire? Uh, yes, yes, you may come in. All right, gentlemen. All right, Mr. Morrison, uh, you can take it from here. Thank you. Miss Korsky, is there a rumor here by the name of Nick Segadin? Nick? Yes, sir. Is he at home? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, that is, I think so. He has the front room, second floor. You ever noticed anything, well, peculiar about this man, miss? Uh, peculiar? Uh, no, only... He likes big fires in the fireplace. Sounds like your man, Yes, gentlemen. let's drop in on him. Right. Which way, miss? Up, upstairs. First door on the right. Thanks, miss. I wouldn't come any further, gentlemen, if I were you. All right, Sagadin. We're here to take you in for arson and the murder of Edna and Janice Hall. Get that bottle, Marcy. All right. 
I've got it. Nice shooting, officer. Oh. All right, it doesn't hurt that much, Sigurdin. Only through your shoulder. It'll be fixed up good as new long before you burn for what you've done. Crime does not pay. Taylor Lugosi, who was starred as Nick Segadin in Gasoline Cocktail, will be back with you in just a moment. Now, here in person is Bela Lugosi. It is perfectly possible that Nick Segadin is more to be pitied than censored. Legally, Nick was sane, and he paid the penalty exacted by society. But society itself bears a large part of Nick's guilt. Nick never found proper training and education. Nick never found the opportunity to release his energies in the right direction. So you see, as always, it comes back to us, the responsible citizens of our community. If we see to it that the roots of crime, the social conditions which breed gangsters and warped people like Nick are removed, we will have taken a long step on the way to a better world for ourselves as well as the criminals. Crime does not pay. Thank you, Bela Lugosi. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark B. Lowe with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkus. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. Mutual presents Under Arrest. Into your cells. Criminals behind bars. Under arrest. The story of police captain Jim Scott's fight against crime. Guy. It's getting so girl, Kenny. <laughs> Hello, Susie. Oh, Eddie, sorry. Of all people. Huh? Where did you get in town, Eddie? Oh, I'll hop in. I'll give you a lift where you're going, and we'll talk about it on the way down. Oh, swell. <laughs> Hi, my. I've never been in such a big car. You like it? You must be in the chips, Eddie. Oh, I do, all right. Well, aren't you going to introduce me to the gentleman in the back seat? Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Max Kemp? 
How do you do? And Gino Passy. Great to see you. Fellas, meet Susan Webb, my old heartthrob. How do you do? Uh, childhood sweethearts, huh? Yeah, high school days. And grammar school, don't forget that. <laughs> uh, you two kids from the same hometown, that it? Right, Gino. Susie and I more or less grew up together. Oh, it's been a long time, hasn't it, Susie? Mm, ten years. Tell me, when'd you get in town, Eddie? Yesterday. Why didn't you give me a ring? No phone number. Central 3357. 3357. I'll make a note of it. Dinner tonight? Dated. Tomorrow night? Filled up. Going steady? Kind of. Oh. <laughs> Tough luck, Eddie, eh? Quiet, Gino. <laughs> and stop listening to other people's conversations. Who's the lucky man, Sue? You'll meet him. If I ever get a chance to see you. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got a lot to talk about, Eddie. Great. How are things back home? Oh, all right, I guess. Haven't been there in a long time. I live in Houston now, sir. Oh. What are you doing? Reporting. No kidding. So you finally made it, huh? <laughs> I always knew you would. What paper? Times Herald. I have the crime beat right now. The crime beat? <laughs> That's funny. Quiet, you know. Please. And listen, all I said was... I know I... what you said. Now, quiet. Oh, I'm sorry for the interruption, Miss Webb. But Gino has a perverted sense of humor. That's all right. Oh, this is it, Eddie. Right here. Uh, this looks like local police headquarters. Police headquarters? Gino, hey. please. That's right, Gino. My beat, remember? So long, Eddie. Thanks. For nothing. Central 3357. You'll hear from me. Swell. Well, goodbye, Mr. Kemp. Nice to have met you. A pleasure, Miss Webb. A pleasure. And you, Gino. And so long, Susie. Thanks again, Eddie. See you. So long. Ah, great girl. Yes, but let's forget the good old days right now, Eddie. I've got other business on my mind. Gleason? Well, that's what we came to this burg for, isn't it? Now step on it, Eddie, before he blows town again. Cigarette, Sue? Thanks. By the way, who's the handsome young man with the big Cadillac? How did you know? So I'm let you out in front of the building. Oh, you're taking to spying on me these days. No, no. Didn't have anything else to do, so I looked out of the window. And, and... caught a glimpse of my other life? Hmm? <laughs> he said he saw you, an old friend. We grew up together on the same block back home. Uh-huh. And you haven't seen each other in 20 years. Ten. How did you know he just came to town? Elementary, my dear Miss Webb. Car has Texas plates. Oh, how true, Holmes, how true. Frightful of me not to think of that. What do you have to say? Among other things, he asked me for a date. And you said? Central 3357. Uh, uh. Really, Captain, I do think you're jealous. No, no, I was just wondering about Max Kemp. Max Kemp? Well, now, how in heaven's name do you know that? Saw his face when he leaned out to say goodbye to you. Oh, and you heard me say his name? No, I didn't. Well, then how... I've seen his face before, Sue. Max Kemp, ex-racketeer. But I don't know just how ex he is. I wonder what he's doing in town. What do you mean by that? Nothing, I only... You're only implying that Eddie Sawyer is mixed up with underworld characters. I didn't say that. You implied it. Whatever you're thinking, Jim, it isn't true. Eddie Sawyer is a fine boy. He wouldn't get himself mixed up in anything crooked. What about Kemp? I told you... You also wonder how ex he is? Well, let me tell you. If Eddie Sawyer is a friend of his, you can bet your life Kemp is as ex as they come. Have it your way. I will. What time will I pick you up for dinner tonight? I don't know if you should bother. Come on, don't be like that. Seven. Seven it is. Friend? <laughs> Friend.
Fix your drinks, Mac. No, thank you. We're not staying long, Gleason. Eddie? No. I, I don't mind a fight, though, Gleason. My throat is so dry You'll that have I have to think stay I... dry for a while, Gino. But I'm quiet, trying a little quiet. Drink. Besides, he didn't ask you. We followed you, Gleason, all the way from Houston. That a fact. Why? You know what I'm here for. What do you say, Gleason? Listen, Max. I haven't got it. I swear I have $25,000, Gleason. Twenty-five grand. Yeah, but I just told you I... Don't try to bull me, Gleason. I don't bull easy. Twenty-five Gs. We'll give you until tomorrow night at seven. If you hadn't got it by then, well, you'll take it from there. Come on, Gino. Eddie? Yeah. So long, Gleason. Okay. So long. And, Gleason, don't try to leave town. It's inconvenient for us chasing you around like this. But we don't intend to give up. Tomorrow night at seven, then? All right. Seven. Having fun? Lots. I wish that steak would get here. I'm starved. Me, too. What are you looking at? Eddie Sawyer. Oh, is he here? Uh-huh. Oh, here he comes now. Susie, of all people again. <laughs> Hello, Eddie. Can't escape you, can I? Are you trying? No. Oh, uh, Eddie, I'd like you to meet Captain Scott, Eddie Sawyer. How are you, Captain? Pleased to meet you. Name is Jim. Oh, you're a lucky man to be escorting Susie. I think so. Uh, would you sit down and have a drink with us? No, no, thanks. I'd like to, but I'm with a couple of friends. Say, Max. Max, come over here, will you? Yes, Eddie. Well, hello, Miss Webb. Hello. Max, this is Captain Scott. Captain Max Kemp. How do you do? Please. Captain Scott? I take it that's the army, Captain? No. Police. Oh, I, I see. Well, nice to have met you, Captain. Likewise. Well, if you'll excuse us, Sue, we're star. <laughs> sure. Where's Gino? Oh, he's at the table. He can't wait. <laughs> Central 3357, Sue. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll ring you tomorrow night. It's been a pleasure, Captain. So long. Well? Well, what? Like him? Eddie? Yeah, he seems like a nice kid. Oh, Eddie's a fine boy. I wonder about Kemp. Oh. His record. Prohibition days, he cut a mean figure. Why are you so suspicious all the time? What do you mean? Poor man just got into town, and right away you're looking for business. Don't be silly. I got nothing on him. You sound as if you're trying to make something. I'm not. I only said he had a record. Well, forget it. If he were crooked, Eddie wouldn't associate with him. Eddie's a fine boy. If I hear that one again, I'll lose my appetite. I've already lost mine. Shall we leave? Suits me fine. Come on. Almost seven, Max. Time to see Gleason. Yes, that's right, Gino. Thanks for reminding me. You, uh, don't mind if we borrow the car, do you, Eddie? Oh, of course not. Don't you want me to come along? No, Gino and I can handle it. Okay. You think he'll pay off? He'd better. Get your hat. Oh, uh, Eddie. Yeah? One thing I want you to do for me. Sure, what? Stay here. What do you mean? Stay here in your room until we get back. We'll only be gone a couple of hours at most. I don't get it. Why do I have don't to stay? Don't argue, Eddie. Just do it. Stay here until Gino and I get back. I wasn't arguing. I was Eddie, only... please. We won't be gone for very long. Meanwhile, don't you leave the room for a minute. There's a pack of cards on the table over there. Play some solitaire. I don't know how to play solitaire. Learn. 
Martino. Hello, Sam. Captain Scott. Yeah. Listen, do me a favor, will you? I want to lie on a guy named Max Kemp. Kemp. K-E-M-P. That's it. Houston. Yeah, better get in touch with the authorities out there. I want everything. His business, whether he's ever been picked up on suspicion, number of convictions, and so forth. Uh-huh. Okay, Sam. Regards to the wife and boy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Mike. Thank you. Drink? Yes, make it a double for the one I passed up yesterday. Gino? Uh, sure, Gleason, I'm trying. As usual. Well, after all, I'm entitled to a drink. Quiet, Gino, please. Well, Gleason? Well, what? You got the money? I told you yesterday I didn't have it. I'm talking about tonight, not yesterday. Yeah, my answer's still the same. Didn't you even try to raise it? You can't raise $25,000 like you can raise radish. You should have tried. Listen, Max. I told you I haven't got the money. It follows that if I haven't got it, I can't give it to you. Now, why don't you just go Gino, along? Yeah. Get his bank book. It's on the table over there. Right. Keep away from that. Out of my way, pal. Listen, I told you. Out of my way, pal. <laughs> Thanks. Now, what does it say, Gino? He's got it. Mm-hmm. How much? Balance, uh... Fifty-two G's. Hey, nice. Take a look. Thanks. I knew you were bullying, Gleason. And I don't like it. Yeah, and I don't like it. Who's bullying you? You are. But not anymore. If you want your 25000 why, you can sue me. <laughs> Smart, aren't you? And as much as a man can't legally collect a gambling debt. I'm sorry. Now, listen, Gleason. Why don't you be fair about this? You lost the money, why not just pay off like a good Sure, story? sure, I lost the money, but not fair and square. I don't mind dropping 25000 or even more. But I, when I find out later that I lost it all to a, a fixed wheel and load of dice, then, brother, I'm not a good sport. So you think my wheels and dice are crooked? That's news to you? Get out. I haven't had my drink yet. Get out. Now. You better think twice about this, Gleason. Why? Because Gino has a gun. Haven't you, Gino? <laughs> yeah. You gonna kill me, Max? The paths of Welch's lead but to the grave. Don't try to bluff me, Max. I know you're kind. Gino, give it to him. <laughs> well done, Gino. Well done. Hey, Max, uh, what was that you said about uh, Welch's in the grave? I'll explain it to you later. So, uh, got a penny, Gino? I, uh, I think so. Yeah, good. I put it in his hand uh-huh. and closed the fist. There you are. That's it. Now, come on. We'll fix our alibi. Hello? Sue? Yes? Eddie Sawyer. Oh, hello, Eddie. How are you? Fine. Listen, what are you doing tonight? I'm busy. No chance at all? No, Eddie. I'd love to, but I've got some work to do. I'll be going back to Houston soon. Will I see you? Well, maybe tomorrow night. Great. I'll ring you around eight. Fine, Eddie. Thanks for calling. (laughs) 
Coming. Oh, hello, Max. Eddie. Boy, it's a hot night. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. Mix me a drink, will you, Eddie? I need one. Sure. How about a Tom Collins? Long and cool. Great idea. Gino? And like Max says, great idea. Okay. Did he uh, pay off? No. Stubborn, huh? Uh-huh. What'd you do? We took care of him. How? We took care of him. Beat him up? <laughs> In a way. Oh, well, thanks, Eddie. Excellent. Just fine. Yeah, mine could use a little more gin. The bottle's over there, Gino. Don't expect people to wait on you all your life. Okay, okay. Well, by the way, you been here since we left, Eddie? That's what you told me to do. You didn't leave the room? No. Not for a second? No. Good. If the police should ask you any questions... The police? Tell them we were here, too. Listen, Max, why would the Don't police... Don't argue it. Well, I'm not arguing. All I want to know is where the cops fit into this. What do they want to ask me? Oh, questions. About Gleason? Maybe. Listen, Max. What did you do to him? <laughs> we took care of him. Look, Max, I can't... You look, Eddie. Gino and I have been pretty nice to you, haven't we? Sure. Given you an interest in the club, made, made it possible for you to accumulate some money, more or less brought you along. You'd like to stay in with us, wouldn't you? Sure, Max. All right. Now. Where were you tonight? Here, all night. Was anybody with you? You and Gino. Did we leave any time between 6 and 10? No. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Now mix me another drink, will you? I'm still dry. Me too. What was his name, Jim? Gleason. Howard Gleason. Plenty of dough. He was handsome, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Too bad. Any idea who did it? Well, Gleason was from Houston. Which means? Nothing by itself, but Max Kemp hails from the same city. Oh, now you're bringing Eddie Sawyer into it. Did I mention Eddie? No, but you certainly... I know, I'm implying things again. Listen, Sue. The facts are that Kemp runs a very ultra club in Houston, which the police have raided time and time again because of gambling, and the word is that Gleason owed Kemp a shirt plus a few other things. Well, that doesn't mean Kemp murdered him. I know what it means. Listen, Jim... You run your business, Sue. I'll investigate the murder. I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean it. Jim, try, try to keep Eddie out of it, will you? Hello, Lafferty. Captain Scott. Yeah. Listen, get the medical examiner for me, will you? Yeah, it's a homicide. Gleason. Howard Gleason from Houston. Sutton Arms, room 674. That's it. And a few of the boys. And Lafferty, listen. Get a call out on Max Kemp. Max Kemp and... And Gino Passy. That's right. Just Kemp and Passy. Jack. Thanks, Jim. I told you, Scott, I was at my hotel all night. Kemp, when did you go see Gleason? I didn't. Prove it. 
<laughs> you prove I did. Hmm. How long were you at the hotel? From six on. Eight? Six. <laughs> Gleason was killed a little after seven, wasn't he, Captain? <laughs> it's in the papers. Didn't know you could read. Oh, Gino's a man of many talents. I bet he is. Where were you, Gino? With Max. Your room, Kemp? Eddie Sawyer's room. How long? Six to ten. We left and turned in at 10.15. Prove it. Ask it. I will. Captain Scott, Tommy. Eddie Sawyer at the Hotel Claremont. Pick him up and get him in here right away. Just a few questions. Sure, Captain. Go ahead. Where were you last night, Eddie? Say between six, midnight. In my hotel. From six on. Mm, about five thirty. Did you leave your room at all? No. Sure. Uh huh. Not even a minute. No. And I went to bed around twelve uh, thirty. Uh huh. Anybody with you last night? Uh, Max Camp and Gino. How long? From six to about ten. Sure, it wasn't seven. Yeah. When did they leave? I told you, around 10. Not before that. No, we played cards. Uh -huh. Gin? Uh, poker. From six on? That's right. Oh, anything else, Captain? No, I don't think so. Unless you want to change that story. Why should I? It's true. Yeah. Okay, Eddie. That's all. Thanks. Don't mention it. See you, Sue. Right, Eddie. Well, are you satisfied now? He's lying. He's lying? Why, of all... That's what I said. Been in this business too long, Sue, not to be able to spot a liar. Most people don't lie easily, and Eddie Sawyer's one of them. Look, I've known Eddie a long time, and I've never known him to lie. No, it's not. I don't believe it. Don't. I'm not asking you to. I'm just giving you the facts. You think you're so smart, don't you, Captain Scott? Got all the answers, haven't a you? A few. Well, this is one answer you haven't got. Eddie Sawyer didn't have anything to do with Gleason's death, and neither did Max Kelly. I'll decide that, thank you. Hey, you better run along, Sue. You're getting in my way. Pardon me. I think... I think you're insufferable. Just a minute. Hello, Eddie. Sue, this is a surprise. Come in. Thanks. Well, sit down. Stay a while. In just a few minutes. What's the matter, Sue? Matter? Yeah, you look worried. Something wrong? No, nothing really. Come on, tell old pal Eddie all well, about it. It's Jim. Jim? Jim Scotty. He thinks you're lying. About Max and Gino being here? Yes. I see. I, I told him he was all wrong, that he was looking in the wrong places for the wrong things. We... Oh, well, what's the difference? You had a spat. Yes. <laughs> old pal Eddie, always around with a soft shoulder to cry on. Oh, Eddie, I didn't Oh, now you to... forget it, Sue. Anyway, you two will be as cozy as lovebirds by tomorrow. These things never last. Thanks, Eddie. He's a nice guy. Hold on to him, Sue. I will. Eddie. Yeah? You you weren't lying, were you? Max and Gino were here. Sure, I wouldn't lie to you, would I? Thanks, Eddie. Now, nah, don't you worry about it. Say, how about that drink? Oh, no, thanks. I better go along, work. Listen, you've only been here two minutes, after all. I know, Eddie, but I can't stay. Oh, matter of fact, I'm late now. Better call the office. Can I use your phone? Sure, if I had one. You don't? Company took it out for repairs a few days ago. Didn't have a spare to throw in. I'm sorry, Sue. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> 
There's a cigar store around the corner. That's the one I use. Okay. I'll see you, Eddie. Right, Bill. And listen, let's get together before I leave for a little longer than two minutes, huh? Sure, Eddie. We will. Well, Miss Temperament herself. <laughs> Still sore? No, I'm sorry about the way I acted, Jim. Oh, it's my fault, honey. Guess I was pretty nasty. I'm sorry, too, now. Let's forget Jim, it. Jim, I... I want to tell you something else. What? I I agree with you about Eddie Sawyer. He was lying. Oh, I don't know, Sue. Maybe he wasn't. You know, sometimes... No, no, he was lying. I know he was. How? He phoned me last night around 7.15. So? I, I was just up there to his room. He doesn't have a phone. Hasn't been a phone in that room since he checked for him. I see. So he must have left his room to phone. And he said he positively hadn't left it for a second. Yeah. What are you going to do, Jim? What do you want me to do, Sue? Find out who killed Howard Gleason. Good. Come on. Let's have another talk with Mr. Eddie Sawyer. Oh, hello, Max. Gino, come on in. Thanks. Close the door, Gino. Yeah. Drink? No, thanks, Eddie. We're not staying. Where are you going? For a ride. And you're coming with us. Oh, sure. I'll get, get my hat. You won't need it. What? What's a gun for, Max? You? I, I don't get it. Why? <laughs> Should we tell him? Quiet, Gino. You know? <laughs> We were just talking to one of the bellhops, Eddie. He tells us you went out last night while we were out. Yeah, yeah, I did, Max. But only for a few minutes to make a call. I, I phoned... Never the... mind who you phoned. I don't want to know. You lied to me, Eddie. Listen, Max, what difference does it make? I only... You lied to me, Eddie, and it makes a lot of difference. It means there's a hole in the story you gave the cops... It means when they check into that story, they'll find out you were lying when you said you'd been here all night without going out. It means they might figure you were lying about us, Gino and me. It means they might break you down, Eddie. And it means you didn't carry out my instructions. You crossed me, Eddie. Not a very smart thing to do. Max, for Pete's sakes, I don't cross cringe, you. Eddie. I hate to see a man cringe. You said we were going someplace, Max? Yes, that's right. Open the door, Gino. Well, shall we go, Eddie? Let's go. All right, Gino. This looks like a good spot. Right. Out, Eddie. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's uh, walk out on this pier. Listen, Max. Walk! Hey. Scared, Eddie? No. No, I'm not scared. <laughs> Fine. I hate to see a man go to pieces. Max, what, what good will killing me do you? 
Well, for one thing, it'll seal up the possibility of the cops breaking you. The cops won't break me, Max. How true. Just keep walking, Eddie. What? Well, what about, about the bellhop? <laughs> we took care of him. $500 is a lot of money to a bellhop. No, he'll never talk. You know, Eddie, I can tell what kind of people will break and what kind won't. <laughs> Max can tell about people, Eddie. He's smart. Once back in Houston, Gino, he... Gino, please. I only Some want to tell him time. about the guy. Quiet, Max. Yes, Eddie? It won't be any good, Max. Really? Why not? Well, when they find me. When the cops find me, they'll... They they'll... won't find you, Eddie. There are ways of making sure of that. We're going to wait you, pal. So when we toss you in the drink, you'll be food for fish. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good, ain't it, Max? <laughs> food for fish. <laughs> Very funny. All right. This is far enough. Max. Max, you can't. I... You can't, Max. Can't I? No, no, don't please, Max. I swear, I, I won't say anything. I'm your friend, Max. I Look, never he's said... starting to go now, Gino. It's not a pretty sight, is it? Nah. Max, for Pete's sakes, now don't kill me, Max. I, I don't want to die now. Please, Max. I can't stand to see a man cry, Gino. Give it to him. No, don't, Gino. Gino, don't listen to him. I'm your pal, Gino. I, Give it I to him. I'll drop you first. Come on. All right, Kemp, hold it. I'm holding it. Great. Let's see your hands. You too, Sawyer. There. How's Gino, Sue? I think he's dead. Okay. That the gun you used on Gleason, Kemp? I'm not a ballistics expert. They have them at headquarters. Just where did you come from, Scott? Sue and I were just coming into the hotel when you three were leaving. We saw you get into the car and followed you. I don't know how to thank you, Captain. Yeah, yeah, I know. Stow it. I didn't have anything to do with Gleason's murder, Captain. Is that so? Well, you believe me, don't you, Sue? I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm... I'm sorry, Sue. Jim, take me home, will you? Sure, honey. But first, we'll drop these two at their new quarters. Let's go, gents. Under arrest. Into your cells. All prisoners present and accounted for. have just heard Under Arrest, presented by Mutual, a new series featuring Joe DeSantis as police captain Jim Scott. Under Arrest is directed by Martin Mockner and written by Bill Wells. Original music is composed and played by Milton Kay. Susan Webb was played by Margaret Draper, Eddie by Leon Janney, Kemp by Grant Bridget, Gino by Rock Rogers, Gleason by Larry Kerr. All names of persons used in Under Arrest are fictitious. Any resemblance to names of actual persons living or dead is coincidental. This will be the last broadcast of Under Arrest in this time period. In its place, you will hear over most of these mutual stations the return of radio's best-known mystery program, The Shadow. Under Arrest will return to the air three weeks from tonight 
Sunday, September 26th, in a new time. Be sure to hear The Shadow at this time next week and be with us when Under Arrest returns three weeks from this evening at a new time. Ted Malley speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. That's case closed for this week. I hope you enjoyed our selections this time. You can find more from Crime Does Not Pay, Under Arrest, and thousands of other old-time radio shows at relicradio.com. You can also listen to our shoutcast stream while you're there with even more old-time radio. Lots there, enough to fill up your days, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of those links on the website. Your support makes all of this happen. Thank you, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. <laughs>